0: Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sumbury. We hope that it blesses you. Good welcome and morning. You might think it should be good morning and welcome, but no, I meant what I said. Good welcome. I hope you feel welcome here today. I hope you all feel really welcome, welcomed, and at home. Because I think you should, in God's house, uh, my topic for today is hospitality. That's the topic for the sermon. And a good welcome is what hospitality is, I think. When we open our homes up to other people and we invite them in to spend time in our home with ourselves and our family, that's hospitality, a nice simple definition for you. Uh, but the reason I want you to feel welcomed here today Is that this is God's home? This is God's house. We open these doors and people come in, and we are all to be making ourselves, each other, welcome. Feel welcomed, feel at home in God's home, with God, and with God's family. So if you've been coming for some time, I'm hoping that you came in and you felt welcome. Somebody you know said, Hey, how are you doing? How was your week? Uh, Or if you have only been coming a few times, I'm hoping that people are getting to know you and are greeting you, how was your week and what's going on, and and maybe this is your first time in here today, maybe, I hope she doesn't mind, maybe you don't mind being welcomed by name Penny from America. Really lovely to have people come and join us here, if they're visitors, if they're new, or if they're established members, we should all feel this is God's home, God's house. Um... And uh, that's why, before I get on to the sermon, because I will get onto the sermon on this, but that's why um, I just want to get something off my chest first. Uh, Secretly, in parallel with the sermon, I would like you to take this talk as a thinly disguised recruitment campaign for the welcome teams. (laughs) There are some wonderful people that get together to do the welcome team work. Just as there are people that do the prayer, or the worship, or leading, or the kids' work. And all together, that's part of God's hospitality here. And the welcome team, once a month, this is all you'd have to do. Once a month, you get together, get a little bit early, make sure the chairs are out, coffee, tea, and put people on the front to welcome others in. It's human nature to welcome people and say hi and talk and find out about. And uh, quite honestly, even though we're going down to one service in the summer and beyond... We still need to double the size of the team. So if you're not on other teams and you've wondered if there's a role for you, boy, there is here at church. Join the welcome team. It's easy and it's a win-win because the people who get welcomed feel good and the people doing the welcoming feel good. This was such a great topic. You know, I could have been given do not be angry or murder or don't lie and all those difficult things, but this one is easy. Okay, let's be hospitable on our own behalf, but also on God's behalf. So there we go. Don't leave it to someone else. You know the story about the four people? Called uh, everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. (laughs) Have you heard this? I'm only going to give you a couple of lines, because it can be quite long. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, But nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. So if that hasn't confused you, (laughs) do it. Join a team. Okay, advert over. We're now getting on to the serious stuff. The serious stuff is what does this book say about hospitality? What does it mean to us? What is it challenging us to do differently, perhaps, from this point onwards? Maybe we've been doing some of it and not other bits. Maybe we've been doing none of it. So, I'm not going to flip back and forth, finding all the passages, because I'm going to quote a few passages in there. I've got them printed out. Um, But that's where we need to look for our examples, and that's where we get our—I don't really say instructions, encouragement, exhortation. God exhorts us to be hospitable. So let's find out a little bit before we go much further about some of these passages. Um, Lots of examples, lots of encouragement. In the Old Testament, uh, back at the beginning, uh, 18 verses into Genesis, Abraham is in his tent minding his own business. Three men walk past, and he's out like a shot, with water for them to wash with. And he invites them in, he gets Sarah, his wife, to make bread, and he kills a calf, gets some curds and milk, and they have a bit of a feast. I don't know if you've ever had calf and milk and curds, but apparently it was quite nice. His son follows suit. The next chapter, Lot, has two of those same men come into his house in the town, and he gives them food and lodging, and it turns out he gives them protection because the townsfolk had some very inhospitable things in mind. So, So hospitality is not just bringing someone into our homes opening up our homes and allowing them to be there. It's also providing for them, and it's also, it can be a little bit of protection and safety. Um, later on in the Bible, in Judges, there's a Levite uh, who follows his unfaithful concubine back to her house because she's fled. I don't know, I can't remember. that. I don't, I, no, I can't, it's not that I can't remember. I didn't read the bit before as to why she's fled. I don't know. But she is unfaithful. She's fled. He follows her and gets to, his, to her father's house. And it says, when her father saw him, he gladly welcomed him. He prevailed on him to stay. So he remained with him for three days, eating and drinking and sleeping there. And in fact, if you carry on reading in that chapter, you find out that he couldn't even get away then. He kept trying to go. And the man would say, no, 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 one more meal. No, no, stay another night. So, um, so that's setting the bar quite high for us having people come into our homes and you know, live in our place and eat our food. Uh, but it's what's in the Bible. We should be paying attention to such examples. Uh, listen, if you really want a challenge, just look at Nehemiah when he was um, governor of Judah, when he'd come back from, from Cyrus, had sent him back from Persia, and he was helping to rebuild the walls and so on. It says that daily there were at my table, he says, 150 Jews and officials besides those who came to us from the other surrounding nations. Now that is a big party every day. It's hospitality. We do it as a community. We have community lunches. Uh, You do it, I'm sure, as families where you have neighbors in or friends or you throw a birthday party and have the family over from France or wherever it might be. Down the road, maybe. So, if those are the examples, and by the way, there are some in the New Testament as well. Lydia gets converted by Paul. Immediately, she says, If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. Do you remember when Paul and Silas get saved, uh, released from the prison because there's an earthquake? And they don't run away, they stay there and they, they, they convert, they convince the jailer to accept God and his whole family. And it says, He brought them into his house, he set food before them and rejoiced greatly. It's very much part and parcel of this Jewish-Hebrew heritage that we have inherited here, carrying forward into the New Testament. And that's no surprise, because most cultures, especially ancient cultures, have got a history of an ethos of hospitality. In India, in Nepal, and um, ancient Greece, and in the Celtic uh, society, there was a big, big ethos of welcoming in the stranger into the village, and so on. So, if those are the examples, let's look at some of the encouragement. Uh, There was one verse in particular that Ron kicked me off with. He, he, He left me to go and find the rest. But he gave me one as starter for 10. And it was one verse only, not a passage, but a verse from 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 9. And I'm going to give you just the first five words. There's not much more than that anyway, but first five words. In 1 Peter 4.9 it says, Be hospitable to one another. That's it. It's as easy as that. Uh, it fits in with other sermons you might have heard recently. The last two or three weeks we've been having one another sermons. Ron spoke on loving one another. The, the youth did a brilliant service on being kind to one another. Rose spoke last week about forgiving one another. Again, Real tough one, I'm glad I didn't get that one. I've got a nice, easy one. Be hospitable to one another. It's win-win. The host gets something out of it. The guest gets something out of it. What's not to like? Join a welcome team. Um, (laughs) But in uh, in the Bible, it does exhort us. To be like that, there's that Peter passage. There's a bit in Romans 12 that says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. If you want to be an overseer or an elder, then Timothy or Titus will tell you that you've got to have loads of qualities, but they include being hospitable. Uh, And and that just gets me thinking one small thing. I just needed to check this out in my own heart and with God and, and with you. When God says to us Christians, love one another, be hospitable to one another, I just have this little worry. Does he mean just to ourselves? Just he means to other Christians, let's take care of our own. Uh, and, And probably he does mean that because he wants us to be a strong family. He wants us to support each other and build each other up and so on. But you don't have to look far into the Bible to realize that everything he wants us to do individually and as a community is for our own benefit because he's got our uh, good at heart and especially for the benefit of the world we're in. We are his hands and feet in the world. We are his hosts in the world. We open this door, we open our own doors and we bring people in, whoever they are, as we're about to find out. So, examples and encouragement. I'm sure there's loads more that you might have thought of or can find what does it mean when it is left in our lap, as it were, to go out and behave differently? Well, in one sense, you could just I could end here. The Bible says be hospitable. That's what it says. Go and do it. In fact, all sermons should be like that, shouldn't they? What does the Bible say? Let's do it. Uh, they should all be a lot shorter than this. But this one's going to go on for a little bit because based on the foundations of these passages from the Bible and the thoughts that I had when I first sat down to think about the topic and pray about what I should share, I've got three points to make. Good old sermons, three points. There's really two big ones and one small one I've slipped in just to make up the numbers. And these three points... Relate not what you've heard, to, what, to what you've heard so far, but to the extra two words I didn't tell you from the 1 Peter passage. Do you remember what, what, what I told you? Five words. Be hospitable to one another. That was, that's what it said, but there were two more words that followed it. They were the ones that got me thinking. It says, Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Ha! <laughs> now, I thought, hang on a second, if this is a win-win situation and the hosts uh, you know, enjoy it and the guests enjoy it, what's the without complaining all about? Why, do, why should it say that? Is it talking about the people who get a bit anxious when they're hosting and they, have they got the right decor and is it gonna be a good social mix at the dinner party and how's their cordon bleu cooking? Is it about that sort of, oh gosh, did they have to come today? Well, I suppose I invited them. It just doesn't work, it's this come to our party if you must. It's on the 23rd, although I wish I was doing something else that day. Somehow it doesn't seem to fit with my understanding of hospitality, so what lies behind it? I came up with, I found myself thinking of three points. I have to trust they came from God, and when I share them with you, you have to discern whether or not they're part of God's message to you today. The three points were as follows, and they were all to do with hospitality being more than we bargain for or more than we might assume. Beyond the obvious. The first point was hospitality is not just in our homes. The second point is hospitality is not just for special occasions. And the third one, yes, the third one is that hospitality is not just for our friends. So I'm just gonna unpack each of those and leave that with you as you walk out of here and consider hospitality out there in the world not just in our homes. There's a saying, Englishman's home is his castle. I reckon that's probably true for a Frenchman, a Spanish woman, an American ranch holder. Pretty well anyone, home is a special place. If you're lucky enough to have one, you can go and retreat there and close the doors and keep everyone out. It's one of the benefits of having a home. I mean, sometimes I'm sure you need it like that. Special, my turf, my territory, I can be on my own. And yet, hospitality, as we've already said, is opening our homes and inviting people in. So that in itself, if you do bog standard, you know, straight out of the dictionary hospitality, you are opening yourself up to let somebody else come to a special place for you and share that space with them, share that time with them, because it always takes time to cook a meal, to serve a meal, to have a conversation. Uh, so that's, that's great, opening up your house. But there's another saying that, that struck me, and that is the saying, home is where the heart is. And I just had this idea, maybe we should examine what happens if you substitute the word heart for the word home. What if hospitality is also opening up our heart to other people and inviting people in to our heart? Okay. Opening up our lives, if you like, Um, And instead of sticking with our own objectives and our own plans and our own agenda for the day, what if we were alert to the opportunities where we might invite someone in to spend a bit of time, uh, spend a bit of uh, uh, opportunity listening, talking, just being with people. Because it doesn't have to be in your house. It could be at the bus stop. On your way shopping, you might choose to stop and say hello instead of just to wave and move on and have a chat with someone and make them feel that they are welcome in your heart and in your life and at home with you. Uh, it could be in someone else's home, when you are a guest there, that you are ex- exhibiting what I call hospitality with a small h, hospitality under the radar, that sort of, that, that, that continual hospitality. And that's, that brings me on to my other point because hospitality is not just for special occasions. In other words, it shouldn't just be occasional. I think that we should all, me included, be praying as often as possible. Every morning, why not? Lord, open my eyes to the opportunities where I can be hospitable, small h two people today give me two or three opportunities give me five opportunities look give me ten opportunities each one might just be a couple of minutes of extra delay as you spend time with someone in their world invite them into yours it's not occasional and it doesn't have to be special it can be normal it's part of life um oh rats a thought passed through my head a short while ago i wasn't listening to it rats It'll come back. This idea of continuity, this continual stuff. I, let, me, let me just uh, pick up from the Bible a couple of other things because being a Christian is one of these things that really should be continual. Um, so let's look at some of the other things. It says, always be prepared to give an answer when people ask about your faith. In 1 Peter it says that as well. It says, be wise in the way you work, act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. In Hebrews, it says, let us continually offer praise. In Colossians, it says, Paul sets the tone, since we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. There is a lot of continual activity in this being a Christian lark. And I think hospitality with a small h could be part of that too. So those are my first two points spun the occasional one out a little bit. The main, the main one I th- thought of first was not just in our homes. What if it's our hearts? Secondly, not just occasionally. Third one, hospitality is not just for our friends. When we think of it, we probably do think about the neighbors, the friends we invite for dinner, the family that have to come to the party because they're family, um, the people we know from church who we want to get to know a bit better. All perfectly valid. Don't stop doing that sort of hospitality. But what about others? To spur me on to examine this, I want to tell you the first thing I thought of when Ron gave me the topic. And that was the word hospital. Have you ever realized hospital seems to be very weirdly, spookily similar to hospitality? Any idea why? I didn't, so I looked into it, and I looked into the derivations of the words, which absolutely thrilled me. I love that sort of thing. So what is these two words based on that is something they have in common? And it's a Latin word. The English word, hospital, hospitality, Latin word in common, the word is hospes. And it means not friend, neighbor, member of your family. It means stranger. Stranger or foreigner. It's those people who are a couple of steps removed from you. And a hospital, just to clarify that bit of it, a hospital originally was nothing to do with sick people and medicine. It was just a place that you put people up. It was the room above the pub. You know, It was the couple of rooms you got in the outside shed where you could put a family up when they were looking for accommodation and didn't find it anywhere else. If you had a, a building with you know, 100 rooms in it, it would be a hospital, Premier Inn. It's a hospital. And later it became a place where people would be cared for as well. So so what does that mean for us? If we are supposed to be opening up our hospitality to strangers, does the Bible support that? You bet. Isaiah, it says... There's a whole load of things it lists that are better than simply fasting in a sort of self righteous, look at me, I'm fasting way. There's a whole list of things which it calls true fasting. And right in the middle of it, it says Does this not include dividing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into the house? The poor, the needy that are outside your circle, do we do that individually, our families? We do as a church in many ways. Do we do it enough? In Hebrews, it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. And then it goes on with this very interesting twist, which says, for by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. So not only are we serving others, other humans, but we're serving God's messengers. And back to that story from Abraham, those three men outside the tent, they were angels. They had a message from God. And going even beyond that, um, inviting those that can't pay us back big message coming from luke 14 where jesus is at a party he's a guest and he he thanks them by setting this big challenge to them says when you give a luncheon or dinner don't i'm going to insert the word just don't just invite your friends your brothers sisters your relatives your rich neighbors because they can pay you back Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the people you don't know, the people who are different from you, maybe the people you don't actually like very much. I've added those bits. Because although they can't repay you or wouldn't repay you, you'll be repaid in the end, in heaven. Again, I've I've not taken the words there. I'm, I'm a great paraphraser. Not always great, actually. Sometimes I should just read the flipping words. Anyway... Quite apart from sharing that hospitality with strangers, hospes, um, we are going to be serving God through that as well. You may remember the bit where Jesus describes the Son of Man coming and judging and blessing the righteous and saying, well done for feeding me when I was hungry and giving me drink when I was thirsty and putting me up for the night when I was a stranger. And they said, what? Sorry, don't understand. When did we see you hungry? When did we give you food? When did we give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and put you up? And Jesus said, it's when you did it for other people. If you did anything for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. So it's win-win-win. The host gets something out of it. The guest gets something out of it. And Jesus gets something out of it. Um, What's not to like? So we're coming into land now because I'm on my third point. If you've been counting so far, you'll know, finally. Third point... Hospitality is not just for friends, I would put to you. Hospes means strangers. And the reason I'm reminding you of that is that the third point isn't finished yet. There's more. Hospes, I looked into the derivation of it. It's very, very closely allied to another variant of the same word. Hostis. Hostis. All part of the same stem. And from hostis, we get the word host, of course, and hostel, and hotel, because the French drop the S. Okay, so far so good. It's all about hospitality, so great. But we also get the word hostile and hostility. So what's that all about? Hostis doesn't just mean stranger or foreigner. Hostis means enemy. And it's the same root for the word hospital and hospitality. Hospitality isn't just putting up your neighbors and friends and family. It's not just putting up the people from down the road who you don't know, the strangers, the people who need you in your community. Hospitality is putting up your enemy, people from afar, maybe people who are against you. That is a some heck of a challenge, is it not? In Romans 12, it says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. So that was about it. I I could wrap that up, I could finish that, draw a line under it and think, well, there's my sermon. Until I suddenly had this panic. So there is a little addendum on the end. The panic was I'd looked at the English word hospitality and the derivation of that. But as we all know, people who come up and preach up at the front, they always tell you what the original Greek or Aramaic was. And I suddenly thought, I hadn't looked at the original. I hadn't looked to see whether or not maybe it was a mistranslation, a bad translation, and I've done my whole sermon on on that. So I did go and look a bit further, and I found a Greek word that is used a lot in the Bible for hospitality. It's xenia, X-E-N-I-A, xenia. And it's translated variously as guest friendship. It's linked to the word xenos, means stranger, so it's okay. Looks like we're on the same path here. Uh, but what was really interesting is I found there were two bits in the Bible. I think I've quoted both of them. Uh, Romans was one and Hebrews was another. Where the original Greek word wasn't just xenia. It was an expanded version. It was phyloxenia or philo-zenia. And the philo bit comes from a word that means love. You know, a francophile loves the French. A bibliophile loves Bibles. No, um, Books. Yeah, a burger (laughs) okay, I don't know. Phile means love, philozenia, love of the foreigner, the stranger. Hang on a second, what's the opposite of philo? Phobia. Hospitality, classic bonus here at the end here, hospitality, you guys, is the opposite of xenophobia. Xenophobia is a bit on the rise at the moment. In lots of different ways, fear of antagonism against strangers, foreigners. Aren't we blessed to have such a mixed family here at St. Saviour's? Isn't it fabulous that this morning at the first service we heard about two girls from Pakistan who'd finally escaped persecution and come and joined their sisters here in our community? I could, that couldn't have happened on a better day for me in this talk. It just, I had a I didn't know I was going to be able to do the sermon this morning. To escape from pers- uh, persecution, to come and be welcomed into a home where there is provision and protection. So there we go. There's my final. Oh, gosh, look at the time. There's my final bonus to you, opposite of xenophobia. That's it. Thank you, and good welcome. Mm-hmm. For more information about St Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk